Welcome to Onward, the show where we explore emerging social innovations and chat with social innovators. I'm your host, Daniel Weinsberg. Alright folks, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I had the incredible opportunity to sit down with John McAfee, that is correct, John McAfee of McAfee Security fame, and so much more. John McAfee is a tech mogul, a fugitive, a presidential candidate, and truly a one of a kind. In this episode, we talk about everything from why he is running for president of the United States in 2020 on the libertarian ticket, to literature, to love, and more. Without further ado, I bring to you John McAfee. I'm, I'm trying to glean as much about your character by looking at your environment. You like maps, obviously. Uh, you're a bookworm. Uh, there are tons of books on the wall. You, you enjoy art, that's clear. Definitely. Um, yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking up your time. I, I just no, like not to at all. I'm <laughs> I just like to chat sometimes, okay? Absolutely. So, um, why are you doing these? Why am I doing what? Which why piece? You, yeah, these, uh, these podcasts with small fish like myself, conversations. Because I believe that, you remember when guerrilla warfare first crept into uh, the uh, civilized world's means of doing warfare? Okay, guerrilla warfare. I mean, all these massive armies, this is how ridiculous it used to be. Armies, France and England or Germany and France or whatever, would march in open fields close together, stop and just shoot at each other like sitting fucking ducks. Right. Now, when, when they got to America, that shit didn't work, all right? Indians don't march at you in single file and, you know, politely stand and shoot. No. Jump from a branch of a tree or pop out of a hole in the ground. So I am doing the same thing with politics. Because what's happened is social media has reached the point where, good God, I mean, everybody is involved to one extent or another. Either on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You're either listening to a podcast or you're, you're um, creating one. And it is people like you my friend, who are going to change this world a little at a time. Uh, I would much rather, let me tell you what, I just got off of an interview with The Hill, you know, the newspaper, right? Uh In Washington, it's it's the political political power newspaper in Washington. So, and and that was just so fucking boring because it was this this, um, back and forth and, and questions that have been beaten to the point that they are just thin strands of questions and ridiculous shit. Uh, and with you, I'm hoping I can talk man to man, person to person. And the fact that other people may be listening, that's even, that's even greater. But you are the people that I want to talk to. Who else would I want to fucking talk to? 
I mean, you are on the front lines of social evolution, and you know this. Um, you know, and some of you, as podcasters, will become the Fox and CNN. So, uh, hopefully uh, not. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. I don't mean I don't mean in terms of their morals, right. but in, in terms of their reach. Um, so yeah, if if I if I can't talk to you, what the fuck am I doing? Because I can't talk to the hill. I can't. I mean, I do it. I'm on CNN constantly, or have been, and Fox, and three times with Larry King, and I mean, Jesus God, you know, it's hopeless and worthless. Because what can you find out about someone who's sitting, you know, stiff in their chair, and there, there's a question fired, and it's answered, and fuck that. No, let me find out who you are, and let me give you an opportunity to find out who, who I am. And let's do that over the next few minutes, shall we? I love it. Let's do it. All right. So how is the presidential campaign going, aside from these uh, stale media presence things you're doing? Okay, well, first and foremost, it, we all know I can't ever be president. I'm John fucking McAfee. I can't be a president of anything, okay? Um, <laughs> let's get that clear. Nor, neither do I want to be. Um, I believe that it doesn't matter who sits in that chair. Because if you look at who has been sitting in that chair for the past 50 years, um, nothing changes, nothing lasting. I mean, Obama did the greatest job of getting Obamacare, his baby, the thing that he wanted. And what happened? The next administration dismantles it. Nothing I've been paying out the ass for, uh, for health care the entire time, regardless of yeah. who's providing it. Yes. So, so really, presidents don't have the power you think they have. Presidents and Congress, that's all for show, to keep us, the citizens, entertained and believing that we have some tiny, small control over our country, but we don't. Because presidents have no real interest to the system. I mean, they come every four years, they're changed out, right? They are, what, advised? by the CIA, the NSA, all of whom have their own ambitions and their own ideas of what is right for our nation. This is what's fucked up. A president sits down, they've asked presidents who came out of office, did you find out about uh, flying saucers? If there were flying saucers, presidents would be the last to know because the CIA, they'd ask the CIA, well, Mr. President, given the circumstances, um, really, sir, you have no need to know. Just understand that everything is under control. When something does happen, we will let you know if things change. No, that's the truth. So the real power rests with the two parties in America, the Republican and the Democrat, that have divided this nation down the middle and created a social clash, almost a war of ideology. And you cannot get anybody into that office that is not one of those two parties. And the one that gets into office is not the one that you would like to, to, to elect. No, those are chosen by the party 
the party is the one that releases all the negative information about some candidate. You know, he's just not going to work. You know, why don't you put a picture of him uh, having sex with, you know, a 12-year-old, right. and he'll go away. They're um, a Russian asset. Pardon? They're a Russian asset. That's the latest one we heard about. So, so presidents don't matter. I don't want to be one, but I do want the national stage so that I can say what I just said in a much more convoluted or detailed fashion. I mean, what I just said is a gross overview of the horrors of our system that started with a beautiful constitution put together by extraordinarily bright people. You don't think men alone did that. They were talking to their wives at home. What do you think, Mary? You know, yeah. oh, you know uh, George, I, I think that's fucked up, quite frankly. And so, really? No, so you know it's men and women created it. Um, they, they took that and perverted it, twisted it, convoluted into a horror of a government. It is, it is approaching a totalitarian state. And if someone get, does not get up and say it, then we're fucked. I'm getting up and saying it. Now, do you think governments are happy with me? That I think I'm, they've been for wait, a long time. No, they are not. And it's reached the point that they are so unhappy that Janice and I, I now cannot even disclose our location. And the room that we are in, if you want to take a look, is a Faraday cage that does not let signals in or out. Uh, and we are protected by multiple layers of very private, private VPNs that cannot be breached. Now, living, and we don't live in this room. This is our communications room. Right. We live in a, our, our world is quite pleasant around us. And yet, this is how we have to live. I mean, we just barely squeaked by from the Caribbean. Uh, the U.S. government went to the Cuban government and demanded that they return me. Cuba took, uh, asked Janice and I to come in. A general came in and was extremely polite and said, Ms. McCree, you know, I regret that we will have to ask you to leave. And I go, well, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you that you didn't just collect my sorry ass and turn me over. That's Cuba's way of, listen, we are not turning that motherfucker over. And if he's gone, in, and they gave us 72 hours to get out of Dodge, which we did. So that was all set up by the CIA. We arrived in the Dominican Republic four and a half days later. We were surrounded by special forces, the Dominican Republic special forces. And four days later, we get out of jail and they say, you have to go to America. <laughs> what? We didn't come from America. We're on a fucking boat. Just let us go. Uh, no. Uh, you may not take your boat. We will take care of it. You may get that later, but now you have to go to America. I was not going to let that happen. So that was clearly a, another setup. They did not even allow us to go through customs or immigration. We were not even in the fucking country yet, and they came in charges of possession of illegal weapons because we had not declared them to customs. I'm going... When and do you ever? When did you give me an opportunity to talk to customs? So anyway, we got out of that by me hiring two lawyers, filed a brief with the court saying, um, you know, uh, Mr. McPhee should not be deported anywhere until the Dominican Republic hears his case. And it was already international news that I had been arrested. Right. 
So had they heard that case, it would have been a huge embarrassment to discover, wait, you didn't even let him talk to customs? And then you charged him with failure to disclose weapons to customs. So that was CIA again. That was a close fucking call. Uh, they finally agreed to send us to England. And since then, we have not disclosed our location as we move around. And we will not. Um, that was a close fucking call. I mean, it took all of my experience uh, with governments and being in jails and things of this nature to get us out of that. Uh, but Janice and I are both here. And now, do you want to live like that? No. But somebody has to, people. Fuck me. Somebody has to. I mean, otherwise, nobody will stand up. I'm standing up. You don't need to stand up but get protectively behind me, at least from a moral standpoint, and help me spread the word that our government is corrupt. Please, God, see this if you cannot see it. People bribing, you know, people um, having sex with children, maybe. People taking money for their junkets, private airplanes. Ask yourself this, America. Why would someone spend tens of millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds, in order to be a president when you make less than a half million dollars a year? Right. Now, don't you question this? Do you think this would have happened in 1778? I don't think so. Yes, I want to spend all this money so I can make nothing. No, you know they're making money. Look at Congress. There are no people in Congress who are not millionaires. Right. Do they represent the people? Do they represent the people who do the work that create the goods and the services and pay their taxes? How can they possibly? First question the people are going to ask is, where the fuck did you get that money? Because you were broke when you went in. We're not broke. You didn't have million. Some of them come out with hundreds of millions of dollars going into con Congress with virtually nothing. You have to ask yourself, why? How? What the fuck is going on here? So do you this really think, Go ahead. Do you really Go think ahead. that there's a hope within the body politic to affect meaningful change in America at this point? Are there within where? The, the body politic within this governance structure that we've set up that we've uh oh within the government yeah no no please god do you not understand it's like a college fucking fraternity all right i don't know if you're familiar with these things or even they still have college fraternities but you want to be uh pledged you want them to accept you and join a fraternity it doesn't matter who the fuck you are or what your morals are whether you're a fundamental christian you're going to be drinking every single night with everybody else because that's what you do. That's how you get accepted. That's why you wanted to join, to be one of the gang. Doesn't matter how crazy your stunts may be. No, you do them. The government is like that, only far fucking worse. You get in and you have a system of corruption where everybody is 
paying everybody and everybody's pulling everybody's strings and everybody owes somebody. And your job is to survive in this and enrich your pockets while doing so. No, once you get in, you're in the club, dude. You are initiated probably in the first three. You gotta take the new guy out because he's, uh, he doesn't believe in, in bribes and shit like that. Take him out. They get a couple of Bangkok prostitutes to accidentally bump into him on the street, whatever it fucking takes. But it doesn't take long. Wake up, America. That's what I'm here for. So you think the real change is going to come from a uh, shifting of the narrative? I'm sorry? Be... So you, your role here is to help shift the narrative from us buying into this, this current state to opening our eyes. That's what yeah, I, I, listen, I, I, don't have, I, I don't have solutions for, for you guys, but I don't need them, and neither do you. I mean, if you're in a crowded movie theater and everybody's enthralled by this amazing movie and their eyes are glued and you notice a fire in the back of the auditorium, um, do you need to go, fuck me, get me pencil and paper because I need to develop plan now. No one here notices the fire, but it's going to consume us all within five minutes. So how about we first, let's see. Number one, no! You wake up some <laughs> fucking fire. What plan do you need? As long as someone yells it soon enough, the common sense of people's self-preservation will get us all out of there. You know? And maybe there'll be a few stragglers that are so engrossed in the movie they can't hear anything else. Pull their asses out. Just, hey, those people, grab those guys. Whatever. You don't need to plan, people. You need to wake up. Because if you're living in a dream, all the plans in your dreams, no matter how perfect, will have no impact on the reality around you. Does that make any sense? I'm sorry to be so, so obtuse. No, 100%. 100%. Um, but I want to ask a few questions that kind of take us away from the government politics. You're, you're such a multidimensional, brilliant dude. So I want to hear some other perspectives around some issues that I feel are really important for people to be talking about, but we're not hearing about them. So uh, artificial intelligence is terrifying, liberating. Yeah, well, artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's another specific problem that that I just don't know how to address. Um, I feel sometimes like a, a a trout, a fish in a mountain stream who's been caught, and I'm going, well, what the fuck do I do? And sometimes I feel like that that there is nothing that they're going to reel my ass in. I'm not about me, but metaphorically, the world uh, will get reeled in by the promise and the uh, glory of artificial intelligence, the, the uh, dream of what can it do for us when we should be worrying about what can it do to us, people? Because what we create is us. 
It, if you have something inside you, then whatever you create, whether it's a book, a piece of art, or building a house, is going to come out. You can't create anything other than what you are. You know, um, the um, the great uh, architects of time, like Gaudi, you know, God knows what was going on in that man's mind. Yet he he couldn't create anything else, could he? Whatever those bizarrely beautiful and sometimes frightening uh, images and structures, and yet it's clearly beautiful. Um, and I've lost my train of thought, but what was your question again? Um, I, I like no, the No, it was a good one. It was a good one. I want, I want, I want. I, I was asking uh, artificial intelligence. Is it terrifying? Oh, okay, it's artificial intelligence. So now, so here, so what happens is, People create artificial intelligence and will continue to do so. And now artificial intelligence is beginning to create itself to some small degrees. People are what? We are loving and kind, gracious. We are compassionate, we're generous, but we are also ungrateful and stingy and angry and hostile, jealous and fearful. Do you think those attributes are not somehow going to ooze into the intelligence that we create? Ask yourself, people. You see it all the time, and I can spot programmers. I mean, I, where I can, for example, you know, Janice is on me all the time. We buy a new TV, and I'll look at it and go, that is completely ridiculous. Why? Why? You got an angry programmer in there. He doesn't even know he's angry. And he's doing this and convincing his boss it's correct because, well, it's for safety reasons or the, no, it's just to fuck with you. All right. And so uh, I know these things. So we're creating a monster as well as an angel. A monster slash angel. If we understand the monster, we will give it no power whatsoever over us beyond advising. And that's the problem. No one wants that. No, I don't want to have to make decisions. Fuck, don't advise me. Just do it for me. I'm a lazy motherfucker. I'm, you know, no. And here's the problem. So where is this headed? Man, you got to tell me because my crystal ball can't tell me. So if you were... Uh... Let's wind the clock back. You know, it, it is 2019, but you're 20 again. You're, I'm sorry? Let's say you're 20 again. It's 2019. You've yes. got that same entrepreneurial gumption. You're out there. What would you be working on if you were at the forefront of your career today? I would work on whatever I loved. I mean, if you love skateboarding or, or skiing, um, then fuck me, do that because... If you love it, you're going to make money. You're going to build better skateboards or, or faster skis. Uh, it does not matter what your love is. Stamp collecting, go ahead. It will, if you love it, you're going to see the inefficiencies and in how they're traded and have a stamp exchange. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I just know that if you do what you love, you'll be successful in the story. Don't try to duplicate what others have done especially your parents, you're different from your parents. 
You have your own life. So if you love it, do it. And if you're doing something you do not love, for God's sake, stop doing it. And what are you loving right now? I'm and sorry? What, and what do you love right now in the world? God, there's so many things. I, you know, the older I get, the more things I love. I love technology. Um, I love knowledge. I've always loved knowledge. I don't care what that knowledge is of. Although recently I'm, I'm preferring historical and documentary knowledge. You know, images of the world around us, lions eating gazelles in the fields, whatever it is. Um, I love that. And, and it has always inspired me. You know, I found a book novel, although I haven't read a book in probably 12 years. Nevertheless, I used to be. Uh, and I've I read every major book, in, literally. And the ones that I loved, I memorized. Literally, I've got, I have a halfway eidetic memory. Um, I mean, I could, you know, give me a passage in Shakespeare, I can quote it for even the greats, even the long motherfuckers like Hamlet, or, or the very deep and depressing things like Macbeth, you know, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creep in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, while all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out out brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and is seen no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Now that's Shakespeare. Now, how could you not want to memorize that shit? Once you've read it, you go, fuck me. I mean, has anyone put the, the depressive aspect of existence into more focus? You know, or, or from Hamlet. I'm not going to quote that thing. It goes on for 15 minutes. But Hamlet, you know, the, the question to be or not to be, that's the question. Whether it is over in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fucking fortune, or to take arms against the sea of troubles, and by opposing endless, to sleep the dream, I, there's the problem. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. And then he goes on to say that. In the end, we would rather choose, we, we rather choose those ills that we have than flee to those we know not of. Well, fuck me, how can you not want to put that to memory? I mean, the, the actual, you know, question of existence as life deteriorates or escalates or what have you, you're on this roller coaster, out of control, and Hamlet lays it all out in words that you can understand. Anyway. How to get off on that shit? You I asked, know, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Here we sure are. I'm not sure of that, but anyway. So, oh, you asked me what I love. You what you love? Yes. I could go on for weeks. I love jet skiing, traveling, 
of yachts. I love boats. I love airplanes. I fly. I love to fly. Um, I just love life. Very. I don't like channel very well. It bores me. Um, Is that where you got to do some of this reading? <laughs> I'm sorry? Is that where you got to do some reading? <laughs> yes, sometimes. <laughs> Actually, the last time I was in jail, was I was with Janice, and that was when that DUI. I read all of George Orwell's in 1984. The wrong fucking book to take to jail. It's like, oh my God, you know. I mean, even in jail, it's hard to read. So, <laughs> what's that, baby? That's the last time you were in jail in America. Oh, I'm, oh, wrong, 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 wrong. Last time I was in jail in America. I'm sorry, I've been in jail twice since I've been with Janice, and uncountable times before I met the stabilizing influence of Mrs. McAfee. But yeah, so she, she worked, she, yes, that was the first time I was, that was the last time I was arrested in America. Last time I was arrested was just a few months ago. I, I never go more than a couple of years without arrest. I don't know why. It's because you love life and you're living large. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, what, what are the final words, calls to action? All right. The final words are the call to action. That if you do not accept the truth that is so obvious around you, and if you do not use your own mind to choose what you want, rather than what Facebook tells you you should be doing, or Twitter, or your, no, what you want, if you do not do these things, you will have a miserable life because our world is collapsing around you. The freedoms that you had when you were born, I don't care if you're over three years old and can speak English, those freedoms that you had three years ago are now diminished. And those that I had 74 years ago are virtually gone. And if you do not wake up and see this and take charge of your life, then you're going to go down the road of the matrix and end up in some container as, as a flashlight battery because that's where we're headed, people. We're in a totalitarian system that has one aim, one aim only, absolute knowledge of the populace, because dictators have always known absolute knowledge brings absolute control. This is what I'd like to leave you with. Please mull it over. And um, thank you for having me on. John, thank you so much for all you do, all you've done, and for really working to help uh, shed some light on what the hell's going on in the crazy world. Okay. And, and spread the word. I, I don't care if you only have five followers out there. I will talk to you. It may take a while to schedule you, but talk to Mrs. McAfee. And if you want to have me on again, please talk to her. All right. And it's because this is, this is what you should be doing. Do you understand? You, as a podcaster, someone who is, is really... It's not news exactly, but it's not not news. It is what is happening in the world and who are the people who, you know, are, are temporarily in the light or in control or doing things. And, and you have an obligation to do more of just this. 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm, some people, I think Roger Bear might be very difficult to get to sit down and have an honest, just conversation. And he's a good friend of mine. I'm not dissing him, okay? Um, but yes, where two people just talk and people watch that conversation. And if you hold your end of the conversation up, then everybody benefits. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. McAfee, for all your help setting this up. <laughs> Until next time. John McAfee has been called many things. But after being in conversation with him for the last 30 minutes, I was really struck by his graciousness, his authenticity, and his sense of joy. Throughout our conversation, you could hear him smiling. There was many times where we got to share a laugh, and it's obvious that the man is doing what he loves. As I walk away from this episode, John has me thinking about how I can do more of what I love to experience that joy in my life that he just exudes. And so I'm thinking, I got to do more of these podcasts. I need to reach out to more people, to be bold, to ask the, the thought leaders, presidential candidates to come on. We are in such a unique media environment right now where anyone has the opportunity to be their own platform, to get into conversations with folks that we previously have not had access to. We are a tweet away from the biggest stars, the biggest thinkers, and everyone seems to be hungry for good, authentic content. Around the world, People are hungry for authenticity, for the truth, not for the sterile, polished, well-versed content that has driven so much of the conversations leading up to this point, but for the real. And words like these are so easy to, to bandy around, but to live by, that's another thing. So I'm going to take Mr. McAfee's advice, look at what brings me joy, what I love, and double down on that. And I hope you do too. We need more heart in this world, and we all have the capacity and the ability to lead with that. A big shout out to Jay Lately for being the audio sponsor of the Onward podcast. Jay Lately is a hip-hop artist out of Oakland who dedicates his time to enriching the lives of youth in Oakland and around the states through his music, through his words, and through his poetry. Interested in sponsoring the podcast yourself? Get at me dweinsveg at gmail.com that's d-w-e-i-n-z-v-e-g and last but certainly not least a huge thanks to all my listeners all my followers and all my supporters make sure to subscribe to onward at soundcloud.com backslash onward find us at the itunes podcast store or anchor fm and if you would be so kind as to leave a review a little words, a few stars go a long way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Onward. Until next time, Onward and Upward. Upward.